Welcome to Cowboy Ed Radio. In a normal year, we'd be talking about social emotional learning. But in a pandemic year, so many kids in and out of school buildings, not knowing whether they're coming back, when they're coming back, we feel we really want to bring this topic to life. So we're thinking, talking, understanding social emotional needs of children and teachers as well, as we deal with the stress and anxiety, and in many cases, many cases, separation from our friends, family, community, and students. Today, we have a special guest, Travis Moore. He's a principal at Rollins Cooperative High School. He's also a member of the Carbon County Board of Commissioners. And most recently, he completed his comprehensive exams, successfully completing his doctorate in educational administration at the University of Wyoming. His doctoral work focused on analyzing social emotional learning that's happening in Wyoming. And he's here with us today. We thought, what a perfect guest to bring on today. How you doing, Travis? I'm well, thank you. For, thanks for having me. So this is a big, big topic. We, you know, there's just a lot to think about in, in a time that education is in a different space than it probably ever truly has been before. And I mean, who knows what the future looks looks like from here. So one of those things that we, we hear this social emotional learning and, and education is so good at creating new words and new catchphrases and, and, and almost talking around people and, and talking around issues. So what's the the salt of the earth? What's the cowboy definition of social learning? What does it mean to the average person out there, Travis? I would say the, the salt of the earth, the, the cowboy version, um, these are the skills to be a better you, really. Um, if you look at career and technical education, you know, people are picking up the skills to pay the bills. You know, people are looking at academic pieces, skills to become smarter or more intellectual. And these these simply are the skills to being a better person. I like that. To, to, to pay the bills. Uh, it, it's a different time, especially with that idea with to pay the bills. We have to we have to look. It's like going into the self-help section of the bookstore, except for now it has a little different meaning because the world has changed. It's been as, as Maya used the example of a snow globe in an earlier episode, it's been shaken up and we're not sure where all the pieces are, are, are going to land. So how do we define, how do we define that social emotional learning, like define it, describe it? What, what's it look like in school? Well, I would say um, from, from what I've seen, the, are, are you looking at what does effective social emotional learning look like in schools or just any? Well, let's start with any, and then we're going to dive into your research. Well, social emotional learning kind of envelops a great deal of other stuff. I mean, this, there have been many programs that were focused on citizenship, people that talk about grit, uh, for example, uh, incorporating the work of uh, Carol Dweck in terms of mindset or Langer with mindfulness, um, those types of things, which are more buzzwords, as you mentioned earlier. Um, but when this, when it gets down and dirty with these things, there are real skills that can be implicitly taught through different programs and curriculum to help people master these things. 
So Maya, I know this is like one of those things that gets you all excited and passionate about things in education. And, and, and I know you've got some questions for Travis. So what are you throwing out here into the range for us? Hi, Travis. I'm so excited that you could talk with us. And as you're describing this in schools, you know, I, I think about my own experience with schools and I can see these elements all over the place. But I'm really wondering, um, what does SEL look like in the different grade levels? So how does it really change when you're talking about, um, you know, those primary first, second grade, or if you're talking about high school, can you give us a little insight on, or maybe share some examples? Oh, sure. And, and I'll put it kind of on the spectrum in, in like the elementary grades and things that, you know, students are learning how to socialize and to go to school, you know, how to function in that environment, how to complete assignments, you know, and hopefully get past some of the simple teacher pleasing behavior, you know, doing things, uh, trying to build some intrinsic motivation, you know, and then, so there would be a lot more explicit instruction at that level. I, I would expect to see, you know, that programming um, embedded within some of the reading, some of the daily lessons, some of those types of things, you know, to have the biggest impact. Moving, moving into the middle school, you know, where kids are starting to learn how they learn and, and starting to put those pieces together, you know, that in-between piece, you'd still have some of that explicit instruction pieces, but at a more reflective type level. And of course, when you move into the secondary schools, you know, there would be a lot more self-analysis and reflection in these exercises, as was noted, you might see in a self-help type book, but it would come with more explicit instructions you know, uh, I've seen a lot of these things turned into token economies, especially all the way through that, um, you know, to display certain behaviors and that kind of stuff, which to me is, is, is striking. But at the same time, these are the skills that were kind of pushed to the wayside, you know, midway through this pendulum swinging through this uh, age of accountability, where it was all about the scores and not about the human beings that were in the buildings. So you're talking about explicitly instructing the students. Would that be for cooperative learning or um, explicitly instructing like respect, honesty? Um, you know, when you talk about grit early on, I was thinking of that, but explain a little more. Well, my favorite moving through this stuff is Castle's work. I've bounced back and forth between um, that work and a bunch of others, but their five competencies are very, uh, are very clear. And the skills involved in each piece, you know, kind of evolve over time. So as a person would um, learn to feel and show empathy, for example, you know, you'd have some of that honesty, you'd have some of that respect, but you're getting in touch with who you are as a person and how you would like to be treated as a person as opposed to just doing what the teacher tells us to do or coming up with the right answer. It really is about doing the work as you go through it. So I think you're exactly right. There would be some lessons in those areas, um, whether through the literature that they're learning about or the concepts that they're learning about, but I also see more um, real instruction on what is it and how do you do it? So, you know, Travis, that brings up, uh, you said so much in there and you, and you used kind of that one in my mind, one of those key words that is such a trick to educators at any level is that intrinsic motivation. And so, I mean, we, we think about intrinsic motivation comes from within, and so it should come from within. 
but it sounds like you're you're kind of making an argument here that we have to teach intrinsic motivation and that's i think that's the tricky part in a system that you know we're asking students to dance to the music for a lot of different reasons where they don't see the end goal where this would be you know in in the wrong hands would be just as dangerous but you're exactly right you know looking for you know personal rewards for being you know a, a good citizen in a school a good partner a good friend you know, a good group member, a good person in the class, somebody that helps other kids out at gym class or at lunch, you know, other than um, the token pieces, you know, it really encourages that kind of behavior, which to me falls in line with where restorative justice, you know, would be a lot in the secondary schools, those types of things where a kid could see, you know, in real time that their behavior and their mindset does have impact. Well, I think that brings up, uh, I, I think you highlighted, I, I know for myself, I work in a school that is a PBIS school, and we use a lot of positive rewards uh, to, to highlight that, that, that behavior to try to try to build some of those intrinsic motivation pieces. You know, the other thing right now, Travis, there's a lot of stories out there about teachers. Uh, we can get on any social media site, probably letters to every political office in the state right now about teachers being overwhelmed. And they, I think a lot of people out there don't understand why. When we think about this social emotional complexity of right now, they don't understand why what, what should schools be doing about this or, or how can the average person understand what's happening to teachers right now? Well, I think <laughs> other than the, the simple reality of some of the parents that gained some perspective and other caregivers that got some perspective last year with, during the shutdown for a lot of, a lot of places, uh, what that looks like. I remember, you know, I fancied myself to be a pretty good teacher until I sat down with my son with seventh grade math. That's a, a whole different, a whole different ball game. And I mean, talking about the teachers, there, there was no preparation in there for most teachers in their in their programs in college. There isn't a whole lot of professional development out there on how to engage in self care, um, how to deal with some trauma based things. Because I mean, realistically, we have staff members and students that have been traumatized during this piece and, and the, the anxiety, the depression, some of the other things that are manifesting. We don't have just a menu of items that staff can pull from to help themselves, much less help the student. And that, and that makes it really hard for, for everybody. For sure. And, and you know, you, you, you went, finished your doctorate in the middle of this, this crazy time. And I know you've, you've done some great research and I know Joe's just like, he's been, his horse has been stuck in the chute. He's ready to dive in and got some questions for you too. Joe, what do you got? Hey, Travis. So you've hit on so, so much. And I wanted to point people into the direction of castle.org uh, and, and look at the SEL framework, uh, the different, the five pieces you mentioned as self-awareness, self-management, social awareness, relationship skills, and responsible decision-making, which I think, I think we all need that, let me tell you. But <laughs> so um, let, me, let me ask you the question about your research a little bit. You, you looked at SEL in Wyoming schools and, and you've, you've already mentioned, you know, the idea of trauma-informed care informing. I, typically when we think of SEL and trauma-informed care and, and whatnot, I look at urban centers. 
you know, I've taught in urban centers and I, I've seen the kids coming in with, you know, many ACEs uh, checked on, the, on those boxes and so forth. So when we're looking at SEL in Wyoming schools and, and some of your research, could you give me, um, you know, a couple of the big findings from what, from what you found about SEL in Wyoming schools? You bet. My research focused on the case for Carbon County. So I, I actually, I looked at and, and sought feedback from all the administrators in Carbon County to reflect of what their practices were in their schools. Um, in Carbon County, uh, with all the schools, we have two schools that went whole child um, throughout the curriculum, that kind of approach as recommended through Castle, through Daggett, through a lot of other people. Um, but a lot of others have some partial interventions in place, whether where they're test driving some concepts, test driving some of the mindset, test driving some of the grit pieces. Uh, they're still doing some pullout work uh, with their clinicians. Um, they're doing some push-in pieces, especially if things are happening, um, like right now with the anxiety and things that are going on. I've heard about some push-in things like that. But right now, um, one of the biggest things that I, I saw is that there wasn't one administrator that said, hey, I've learned way too much about SEL and I don't need to hear any more about it. They all are hungry for application. They're hungry for guidance in these areas. And, and I hope over the course of a couple more questionnaires that we can properly inform the, the, the WDE and, and the decision makers in the legislature to push toward that end because the avenues for expenditure already exist in the federal guidelines. We just don't have that as a, as a means of communication between us and the state right now. So, yeah, so what I'm hearing from you is, you know, there, there were lots of different types of interventions going on, uh, but that, you know, the overarching idea was that, you know, we're hungry, you know, feed me the ball, right? And nobody can see me, but I'm doing the spoon thing. I'm doing the spoon thing that all the NFL football players do, but uh, let's, let's get a little bit more SEL in our schools. And, and that sounds amazing. Hey, uh, Maya's got another question for you. Hey, Travis. So I'm thinking about the impact of all of this and what, what is that impact of SEL on the teachers? So we're talking about, you know, working with the administration, getting this implemented, teaching the students, but how is it impacting the teachers? I can see it going a few different ways based on how the implementation happens. I've seen really good curricular programming um, that was implemented very poorly. <laughs> Um, that was really hard on teachers and, and thus failed. Uh, so this, the same, um, really depends on the pitch and how they go about doing it. For me, the, the difference is very clear. As, as a person who taught English for a really long time and still do um, at, the, at the higher ed here in town, um, it's making the change to being a content expert, to being a teacher of people and someone who interacts. So when asked the question, you know, hey, what do you teach? If, if the response is the content, we have some work to do. And if it's, hey, I, I teach young people how to engage the world or however that works through my content, you know, and it's just a matter of perspective. Um, and I think a rollout like that um, with, some, with some good professional development isn't going to add a great deal to the plates of teachers. And, and from, from my experience, a lot of people are hungry for that. 
Um, they don't like being on the same page of the same book on the same day, giving the same test all the time. They want to interact and build relationships with their students. And I think this, this is one way to do that. You mentioned PD. So I'm wondering, I think that goes well beyond just, you know, learning how to implement. And so in that PD, I'm envisioning that, that the teachers learn a little bit about how to, you know, take care of their own social emotional learning. Uh, do you feel the same way or is it, you know, is it really about kind of figuring out how to pass this on to the students? Yeah, I, I really do. It, one of the schools that did the whole child thing did a series of book studies over the last three or four years that dipped into a lot of these concepts, not SEL per se, but the concepts that would be contained to help the staff um, to, to do better with self-care. And then when they were putting that out to the students, the vocabulary was the same because the teachers actually went in and did the work um, just learning about themselves and how to talk about those things to help the students do the same. So it's, it's different. Um, one of the programs that, that I engaged in in my school, um, it was three levels of certification, but every single part of it was reflection on topics of my own life. So that's, that's what the certification was all about, was doing the work so you can better assist others as they take their journey in a different direction. So that was really insightful, Travis. And I can tell you one time I heard James say, I don't know if it was in the last episode or not, but he said, you know, I am not an English teacher. I am a teacher of students, you know, basically. Uh, and it's reframing our perspective as teachers that we're not content teachers. We are teachers of children, you know, out there. So James, I'll let you take it away from here. Well, and, and, you know, Travis, you bring up a, a great point that none of us went to school to take care of ourselves. We, you know, and I can blame Joe and Maya because they're at the college level. So that makes it perfect that they didn't teach us how to take care of ourselves, uh, much less in that sense, totally taking care of our social emotional, the social emotional side of our, our students. I mean, we learned a lot about content. So you know, as we're wrapping up, we're coming to an end, Travis, I, this is, there's a lot of information here. And so if there's, what's one or two things that, that you might say, tell teachers or schools or administrators that, are, that listen to this, do this right now for your teachers or students or your school. What would, what would that be that one or two things you'd say to them? Well, I would, I would hearken them back to the example when security was the number one thing. Um, unfortunately, we went through about an education where we had to make sure everything was locked down ready and all that kind of stuff. And we had to build that kind of awareness. I would just ask them the question, you know, imagine the awareness. If we had that of our students anyway, would we even need those things? Wow. Wow. What a powerful powerful statement to, to end on. It's like putting a Band-Aid on the dam instead of actually trying to fix, fix, the, uh, fix the problems that, that are creating that hole. So what a, what a great way to end up. And, and there's probably more questions again that came from this conversation than just answers. And so we hope you enjoyed it. And we're grateful to have Travis uh, sharing his expertise with us. And we look forward to the next ride with Cowboy Ed. So we'll talk to you soon. Move them on. Head him up. Head him up. Move him on. Move him on. Head him up. Cowboy Ed on the run.